there are few certainties in life, especially this year. But there are a few things that may not be inevitable, but they're, I don't know, inevitable adjacent? They're a safe bet. For example, that you'll forget something when you go to the license branch, that your computer will miraculously start working again as soon as your IT guy gets back to you, that your parents say something embarrassing when you introduce the new love interest, and that you'll spill something on your white pants. Something else you can count on? The weather will get miserable in St. Louis in the winter. Stretches of time when getting out of bed in the morning is a shock to the system, when every room in your house needs a space heater, and when getting off the couch seems like it should be an Olympic event. When you live in a part of the country where the wind hurts sometimes, patio season is a breath of fresh air in more ways than one. And this year, it was essential to get together with friends, to reopen restaurants, to keep things going. Patio season may be in the rear view, but the pandemic is not. So what happens next? Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, a guide to winter dining. The science behind the safety protocols, what you should consider when booking a table. Well, it's a continuum of risk. You're never going to completely eliminate it, but you can certainly do a lot of things to make it very likely. And the restaurateur who might be having the most fun with all of this. As people were enjoying the outdoors, you know, I was looking and, and, and thinking to myself, uh, how do I keep people here, you know, in a couple months or in three months. Plus, we'll help you plan your weekend and catch you up on some food news. Here's a fancy new word for your decorative letterboard this winter. Freelutzliv. 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 I actually practiced saying that before recording this podcast. Freelutzliv. It's the Norwegian term for open-air living, just being outside whenever possible. In the Midwest, where we experience such extremes when it comes to the heat and the cold, it's pretty common for us to retreat into our homes, but especially so in the winter. During the coronavirus pandemic, though, freelutzliv or bust when it comes to most social interactions, right? I mean, that's the ticket to COVID prevention, right? You know, having more air circulation is, uh, is always better. That's Dr. Tim Wimkin, a PhD researcher at St. Louis University's Center for Clinical Outcomes Research. So, you know, if you're, if you're outside and you're in an environment that's very windy or, um, you know, you're versus if you're in an area where the air is very stagnant and, you know, you have no ventilation at all. For example, like my house, we have radiant heat. So the air circulator is not actually on in the winter. So the air becomes much more stagnant. So you, you might think about putting HEPA filters in or something like that to try to circulate the air a little bit more. So if the air is circulating, the virus is going to stay in the air for less time, probably. Clearly, he really studies this kind of stuff. Not the kind of guy we'd usually have on the podcast, but hey, at least he brought a food analogy. Well, it's a continuum of risk. You're never going to completely eliminate it, but you can certainly do a lot of things to make it very likely uh, that you get infected. So we, we like to call this the Swiss cheese approach to interventions. We know that every intervention we do, whether it be social distancing or mask use or hand hygiene or surface disinfection or being outside, all of these things work to some extent, and they work at varying levels in different situations, you know. So if we layer these up, we know that these all have holes, you know, they're not perfect. So we think about each intervention individually as a piece of Swiss cheese, has a hole in it. And we want to block something from one side 
from getting to the other side. But of course, if it hits that hole, it's going to get go right through. But if we layer up enough pieces of Swiss cheese where they all have different holes, then we can hopefully block whatever from one side to the other. And the interventions are the same. So the more we do hand hygiene, the more we do mask use, the more we do surface disinfection, those are all going to work together to help reduce that risk. Because again, remember, this is a continuum where we're trying to get from one side all the way back to the other to reduce it as much as possible. We're never going to eliminate it completely. So when you think about it that way, being indoors when you're eating as opposed to outdoors is one factor. Remove that layer of cheese and you're less protected. But it's just one. You can't eat something without taking your mask off. That takes one more layer away. There's a chance you're going out to eat with someone you don't live with and you're sitting within six feet of them. That takes yet another layer of protection away, probably the biggest layer. And this Swiss cheese sandwich of COVID protection is starting to look pretty pathetic. If you're close to somebody, it doesn't matter if you're inside or outside. If you're right next to them, that virus is getting directly from you to them. What do you think when you see, um, you know, people setting up big tents outside and all gathering within a tent um, because it's technically outside, uh, maybe has a higher ceiling than they would indoors, but you're also still have walls and you still have maybe heaters going and things like that. Um, what, what does that mean to you when you look at that and think about the safety of that? Yeah, you know, if you have four walls around you and a ceiling, it's, it's inside. Uh, it, you know, whether or not it's, it's a building outside, you know, my house has four walls and a ceiling and it's technically outside, but I'm inside right now. So, you know, you can, you can try to play the game, but it doesn't change the, uh, the virus and the way it transmits. So, you know, if, you, if you're in an enclosed area and there's no airflow, that's inside and that's a high risk environment. So you need to be apart from people and you always need to be wearing a mask and you have to be sanitizing your hands, ideally with alcohol-based hand rub, that's 70% alcohol um, or above, and disinfecting surfaces regularly. So is it safer to eat indoors than out? The bottom line, it depends. That's not the only factor indoors versus out. For example, you and only the people you live with can go eat indoors at a restaurant with, I don't know, maybe an updated air filtration system and tables spaced out so diners are more than six feet apart. And that might be safer than dinner with friends you don't live with on an open air patio. To Bob Bonney, the CEO of the Missouri Restaurant Association, who, mind you, has been part of a lawsuit against St. Louis County's executive due to the ban on indoor dining since we first aired our conversation with him, a big part of his job has been convincing people that indoor dining can be safe. We believe that restaurants are safer places uh, when social distancing protocols and cleaning and uh, control of traffic uh, are all taken into account vis-a-vis some other retail operations that people might um, frequent or family gatherings, uh, et cetera. Do you have any conversations about things like capacity limits, mask requirements, that kind of thing? Oh, we do. We do. And one part of that is is speaking with local uh, uh, officials as well as state officials. Um, and also keeping in mind that uh, a big component of that is what is the dining public comfortable with? And so how do we educate uh, restaurants on how to comply uh, and make sure that they're made to feel as safe as possible uh, while, they're, while they're dining in a restaurant? And we think generally the, 
restaurants have had a wonderful track record. Uh, this, of course, COVID-19 was a, was a game changer. But I think by and large, the, the industry has, um, has responded quite well. One interesting thing, we're in the process of doing a survey, and maybe we could talk again when we have the results. But uh, you take a restaurant owner, manager, operator, uh, they sleep at home, but but for the most part, especially now, they, they live at their restaurant. And if restaurants that, were, yeah. Yeah, if restaurants were um, a spreader of, of COVID-19, like is commonly portrayed, uh, we don't agree with that. But there would be more of those people who spend so much time in a restaurant that are impacted and uh, have contracted the, the virus. And we are not aware of those. And the survey, early results of the survey indicate that that's just not the case. So, you know, we want to make restaurants as, as safe as possible and put the word out that they are safer than is commonly reported in, in the media. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear him say the phrase the media like that and focus back in on a pretty big point he's making there. That regardless of what orders are in place, what restrictions or mandates are guiding us, or how many signs, masks, plexiglass, and barriers will surround us, when we're talking about going out to eat these days, our decision comes down to the feeling in our stomachs. Not just what we're hungry for, but whether our gut tells us we're being safe. We've said on the podcast before, both Dory and I... We struggle with dining indoors still. It's not generally something we feel super comfortable with yet. So does that mean we're stuck doing takeout all winter? Well, for the most part, yeah, actually. But that's not to say we won't have options, even through the winter. Restaurants are adding tents, hopefully well-ventilated ones, outdoor heaters, table side, even fire pits. In a true Frulutzliv fashion, I invested in a new sporty winter coat that will hopefully allow me to hit up one of these spots. The hope of these restaurateurs is that we'll all embrace a reality that involves braving more of the winter. Some restaurateurs seem to be getting a little more into this than others, though. Like Ben Peremba, the James Beard-honored serial entrepreneur. That's S-E-R-I-A-L, not like breakfast cereal. I don't know, in a food podcast, I feel like I should clarify. Anyway, Paremba is the guy behind several restaurants in Botanical Heights. Nixta, Elia, Olio, The Provisions and Food Market, AO & Co., and now even a home goods and furniture store on Cherokee Street. They're all highly curated spaces. Paremba thinks of all the details, and Olio in particular has always had a lot of character. You might refer to it as the spot on Tower Grove that used to be a gas station. It still kind of looks like a garage, if a garage was also a charming dining room serving Mediterranean food. The space is surrounded by a parking lot, obviously, which is now, though, full of tiny, adorable greenhouses. I mean, I was in a, uh, uh, a great position to offer uh, uh, great outdoor dining because of, we, we converted our parking lot into a patio and, um, and were able to accommodate a lot of people um, safely. And, um, and, you know, we made it really, really beautiful with a garden, and um, I think people really liked it, and um, which now puts us in a, in a really precarious position because uh, we do have a very, very small restaurant, and uh, outdoor has been our lifeline, and now, um, now it's not going to be. And so uh, that's how the, the idea of the greenhouses was born. Um, 
we want to continue to to have you know outdoor space but uh, the big tent uh, was just aesthetically and from a, a, a safety uh, um, perspective I really didn't like it I really didn't understand what would be the difference between having people inside or having a bunch of people inside a tent um, and I didn't just didn't like the, the the look of it either so as people were enjoying the outdoors you know I was looking and and, and thinking to myself uh, how do I keep people here you know in a couple of months or in three months I think the idea of having uh, groups that are separated um, was very very important from a safety uh, point of view and I think those uh, you know answered that concern but uh, you know those greenhouses are going to be very very purposeful all year round you know we we already have uh, you know uh, gardens and we already grow a lot of our own stuff that's just going to give us another opportunity to to do that you know when when people don't want to sit inside but you know we have the spring here, which is very rainy, and, and those kind of protect against the rain. Um, so I think we're going to be able to use them, you know, and that's that's why that's why I, I signed off on it because uh, it's it, it, it's solving one problem, but also uh, solving you know not solving but but creating opportunities for other challenges we've had. So you know, our gardeners already told me you know all the herbs and a bunch of flowers can be can be grown in their, um, you know, off season. So that's great. I think that is so cool about it too, because it just seems less invasive in the environment. Um, you know, when we're talking about this though, and you said you've been thinking about for the past several months now, the fact that things are going to have to change, why not focus that energy on the interior of the restaurant space you already have? And by that, I mean, why not just tell your customers, hey, we're doing everything we can indoors. We want you to feel safe coming inside, um, right. that kind of thing. Because, uh, you know, my restaurants are tiny. I mean, they're really, really small. And, you know, we have exposed kitchens and I'm worried about my cooks. I'm worried about our, our servers uh, we wouldn't be able to sit people safely inside uh, and pack them in, so to speak. So just just uh, uh, for comparison purposes, you know, this patio uh, over the summer, uh, we were able to sit, you know, 80 people. And uh, if we were, you know, not doing any outdoor sitting whatsoever and only sitting people inside, uh, right now, with social distancing and with what we feel like is 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 safe, um, you know, we, we're going to be down to twelve seats uh, at Olio, for example. And so that is just not smart business. And you know, trying to sit more people inside is is something that I'm not ready to do or willing to do. Um, and so yeah, and I think that uh, I think that it's it's kind of fun too. I mean, I think it's kind of again experience driven dining. So. You may be coming to Olio on a day that it's 40, if it's not raining and if it's not snowing, uh, and bundle up with your coat. And we have little warmers in those uh, greenhouses. Uh, and there's, you know, you know, there's there's some uh, greenery around you, and there's beautiful lighting, and there's fireplaces all around you. It kind of feels like a little, um, you know, winter market, winter village kind of thing that you see in Europe. Uh, you know, and we're going to be walking around with, you know, mulled wine and hot toddies and things of that nature. And I think it's fun. I think people are going to just enjoy the experience of it. 
Yeah. And that reminds me too of just, you know, my, my mom is from Poland, but most of her family lives in Germany now. And so I've gone over there during this time of year when you have the Christmas markets and you just, even if it's freezing cold, people just bundle up. Go for the garden glow at the botanical gardens and walk for an hour with big coats. They, and they have the, you know, they have hats on and, you know, gloves and people go out to, um, the the Christmas lights, uh, what's that park called? I forget. Oh, Tillis Park. Tillis Park. Um, and they bundle up if they go on those, uh, you know, horse and carts. People um, go on vacations to go skiing. <laughs> that too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I thought, you know, you want to have a, a, an experience. And actually, already the feedback that we're getting from people is, we're making reservations and we want to sit in the greenhouse. They're not just making the reservations to come eat. They just want to experience. And, and it's, 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 and it's nice because it's giving people the idea that they can have fun without spending a lot of money. And that in this dire time where they're looking for something to do, that's kind of different, but very safe. And it, it gives, it gives them that, that option. So she's not joining me from an igloo um, or a greenhouse or whatever you want to call them. But uh, producer Dory, I do actually get to see while we're recording the podcast this time because we finally got to a webcam. Before I was just looking at a screen that said Dory and you got to see me making all the (laughs) facial expressions. So now I get to see you. Hello. You get to see my very smiling face. Yes. Hi. (laughs) So smiling. So clearly caffeinated. Um, Of course, there are a lot of cool places that you can check out. And so we posted on Instagram asking you all what your favorite spots are to eat outdoors. We had several people say anywhere if there's a good fire built alongside them, they're good with that. Um, Indo, Dory, I know you ate out there relatively recently. They uh, converted their outdoor space to be a bigger patio area. Of course, they are doing takeout as well. Uh, Visia and the Cortex, they it's really sweet how they have their tables kind of spread out. They remind me of like fairy gardens on that hill surrounding oh in the Cortex District of the Central West End. Uh, Somebody suggested the loading dock ice skating rink in Grafton. Love that idea. Very good way to get in the holiday spirit. And that's a huge space. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a good one. Uh, Forest Park, also a good space. And you can choose your own adventure. Get takeout from wherever you want and bring it to Forest Park. That's a good one. Uh, Joey B's in Manchester. They have that big, fun patio there. Also reminds me of Billy G's in Kirkwood with kind of that it feels like you're not in St. Louis as much. Yeah. Um, Louis and Damon also feels like not St. Louis, but in a different <laughs> way. It reminds me of Europe, how they've expanded onto the sidewalks like they have. It's really kind of charming out there. Mia Sorella back in West County in Baldwin, they have a big patio by a pond. So maybe you can check out oh. that and look at the ice forming on the pond and think, <laughs> I never thought I would be eating outdoors in, at Mia Sorella in November, but here I am. December now. Wow. Ted Drews, of course, just because it's cold outside doesn't mean that St. Louis is done with our frozen custard fix. And a reminder, they have their Christmas tree lot and a gift shop this year at their Chippewa location. So you can get some Christmas shopping and everything done while you munch on some Ted Drews. Need is offering their curbside. Uh, That was suggested to us as a good place to grab and go. And then Hendel's and Florissant, they have their, their old town Florissant porch is heated. So you can still check out the holiday happenings up there and grab yourself something tasty and hearty at Hendel's. 
A lot of good options. I love response. Yeah. Bumble up and get out. It, we went for a walk the other day, sort of that mentality of the Norwegians where you just embrace the cold and try to like focus on the positives that can come with the cold. It really wasn't that bad. Threw on a coat, went, took the dog for a walk on our coldest night of the year so far. And honestly, I was fine. If, If I can do that, you guys can do it too. So we have some food news, Dory, you wrangled up for us. Um, Starting with some kind of breaking news that we've had, Uh, of course, we are recording this on Wednesday morning. This all happened on Tuesday evening, Um, and this was uh, kind of a surprise, but not a surprise in St. Louis County. Yes. Yeah. So following up on the dining restrictions in St. Louis County, four restaurants have been ordered to shut down for continuing Indoor dining, despite the ban, the county said they warned each of those restaurants three times before suspending their permits. A fifth restaurant named Acapulco could be next. And, you know, who knows by the time, you know, the weekend comes and you're listening to this, that might have happened as well. Mm -hmm. But they're also continuing their indoor service. So the county is looking out and checking restaurants who are not abiding by that health order. Yeah. And so Bartolino's South Final Destination, OT's Bar and Satchmo's were all the ones that were ordered to close. Now the union that's representing county code enforcement officers, so the people who go out there and just make sure people are following the rules, apparently they've been actually subject to physical threats and intimidation. So police actually had to accompany the health officials last night to go again, Tuesday night to go and deliver these orders to shut down. Um, County prosecutor, Wesley Bell, he says he's going to look at health violations on a case by case basis. Of course, this is not the most pressing thing that is happening. However, it's taken up a lot of oxygen, frankly, in this conversation about the pandemic, about, you know, what the big issues are. Um, And the county says they warned each restaurant. So, um, you know, this is all happening alongside that lawsuit. Now, one of the things that's important to note is there were owners of 40 different restaurant locations that were part of this lawsuit. Not all of them chose to defy the orders in the meantime, though. So there are several Mm -hmm. that are part of this lawsuit. They say, we don't think this is fair or right or proper, but we're going to follow it in the meantime. Um, These are some of the restaurants that were part of that lawsuit and decided they were not going to follow the rules as they went along with it. So um, that's just something important to note there. Um, And kind of on a personal note, I wanted to share, uh, I had a family member who said that she she works at a restaurant and she was um she took a phone call from someone who called and asked to see if they were part of this lawsuit and they were not and the person was quite rude on the phone and said you know i only want to support restaurants that are standing up for themselves and that is that woman's choice absolutely um but just be kind when you're on the phone with these employees when you're talking to these employees whether they're part of these they're working at a restaurant that's part of these lawsuits or not. Um, owners are having to make decisions that work best for them. And usually their employees, while they have a part in it, they're not the decision makers. So just keep being kind because it can, it, it's hard. It's really hard on a lot of these folks and taking out your frustrations on the wrong people isn't going to solve any problems. Um, you know, they still need your business. So if you really want to uh, make a difference, then maybe do it that way. And that is my Ted talk, Dory. <laughs> Very I really good. wanted yes, to bring it nice. up though, because yeah, because I just I, I didn't like hearing she texted me and I was just like that sucks to hear that people are not being yeah. as kind as they 
it could be. It's that it's the most wonderful time of the year, damn it. Like, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but not wonderful. That was a weird, it's going to be a horrible transition now because you have some not yeah. wonderful news stories. Yeah. Um, yep. Sorry. Well, we've got a few closures we'll run through here, mostly due to the COVID-19 pandemic permanent closures. These are not temporary ones. Missouri bar and grill first up is near Wash Ave. They've been in business for 35 years. They announced that this coming Sunday will be their last day. They did not give a reason for closing, but they thanked their customers for the support over the years. Tough year for downtown businesses, uh, especially Missouri Bar and Girl. They were featured in one of our episodes recently about the, uh, it was our bar crawl episode. And um, they were talking about how the Battlehawks really, uh, Battlehawk fans came to roost there, if you will. And it was tough for them when they lost them. So all these downtown businesses that not only aren't having the sports action in 2020 but also maybe people who aren't going downtown for work and going there after work or for their lunch break or things like that so um just another 2020 casualty and we have more unfortunately yeah a few more so edgewell did in fact say that the pandemic and shutdowns have forced them to close two of their locations the ones in creve and edwardsville illinois they said with the latest surge in cases, the fight for these two locations is at an end. So their last day is going to be Saturday. Their Chesterfield location is still staying open. Uh, another closure to let you know about Marley's Bar and Grill in Ferguson has closed. They said they've been through economic hard times, tornadoes, riots, and now COVID. We have had enough. That is so hard to hear. Yeah. From a business like that in Ferguson. Um, but they did say they will never forget the over-the-top support that they've gotten from their community and loved ones. And then another one that I know has hit some people hard, the New Day Gluten-Free Bakery and Cafe has also closed. I think they're already shut down permanently this week. They also blamed the pandemic and said they just weren't able to keep their doors open anymore. Mm, it's tough. It's been one one heck of a year. And it's like, in some ways, some of these places might have already been dealing with a lot, like we were talking about with Marley's. But, um, you know, this 2020 is the giant, flaming, horrible straw that broke the camel's back in a lot of these situations. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I need some good news story. So give me some of that. Oh, you know, you know, I'm always here with some good news. Heck yeah. And now I get to see you smiling when you tell it. I love it. Um, so we've got a new location for Oliver's Coffee and Flower Bar. This is the popular Maplewood coffee shop. They're adding their second location in the Galleria. Now, if you haven't heard of them, you've probably seen them on Instagram because <laughs> they're known for this huge, pretty pink flower wall. Um, people share their pictures there all the time. Their opening date is still to be determined. I love that they're adding a location in the Galleria. That's fun. And yes, I mean, if you, did you even go to Oliver's Coffee and Flower Bar if you didn't take a picture in front of it, the flower wall and post on Instagram? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's a black owned business that has been doing really well in 2020. So congratulations to them and woman owned business. So I love it. Love it. All right. So here we go. Another opening coming to the Hill. This is called... Pizzeria da Gloria and is focused solely on pizzas. They're making them super fresh in a wood-fired oven. And I liked this story because it was kind of another classic St. Louis boomerang case where the owner was from here. He went out, he went to Rome, 
Brooklyn, Italy, came back and wanted to open his own pizzeria here right in the hill. And it's called De Gloria, not because of the blues. But really? People will be surprised by that. Grandma. Yeah, it's named after his late grandma, which I thought was just so cute and touching. Oh, because I'll be honest. At first, I was just like, ah, he's like a year too late on the whole Gloria thing. But no, OK, it's, it works. It's And that you know what? You have to be ballsy to come back home and be like, you know what? I'm going to open a pizzeria on the hill. So but that being said, with that pedigree, sounds like he knows what he's doing. So I'm excited to try it. Yeah, he apparently studied under a world champion Pizzaglio, I don't know how to say that word, but uh, probably a pizza master. Yeah, there you go with the hand, right? Um, so yeah, you gotta assume that's gonna be good. Awesome. Okay, um, so speaking of good classic Italian St. Louis, yeah, oh, yes, doesn't get much better than this. Love me some pasta house. Mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily an opening, more of a move. They're changing locations, moving their flagship location on Del Mar to a new spot on Ledoux Road. This is happening in about a couple weeks, sometime in mid-December. So total, total Access Urgent Care bought their current location on Del Mar. So that's what's forcing them out to Ledoux. But all of the current staff is moving to this new spot and the menu is gonna stay the, cha- stay the same and they're still gonna be offering to-go food. So they're hoping people will just follow them out there to Ledoux instead. Interesting, hmm. I'm just like, can't yeah. get over the fact that they're putting an urgent care in a pasta house. I wish they could make it a both, like <laughs> do both, like eat some skinny while you're waiting. just like lingers, right? Yeah, <laughs> the, the cure for all ailments. <laughs> well, this next story made me smile, Dory. I'm really excited for this one. Yes, I love this one. I wanted to share it with everybody. A church is picking up the tab for restaurant workers. It's Redemption Church in Kirkwood. They opened a tab at Mission Taco Joint, that location also in Kirkwood. And they're encouraging restaurant workers across the St. Louis area to go there and have a meal on them. So the church members said that they were inspired by a California winery that did the same thing. Now they have a certain amount on this tab, but they're gonna leave the information on Redemption Church's social media pages until it's all filled up. So they said something that really struck me that I wanted to share with everybody. They said, generosity is contagious. We hope others will be inspired in the same way. So maybe even if you aren't a restaurant worker, maybe you know somebody who can do this sort of same thing, like open a tab at a restaurant so other people can, who need a meal can go and get it whenever they need. I love that. I think that's so cool. Paying it forward in any way. It's, uh, you know, you can always get more stuff, but um, you can't replace the community members and the friends and fam, you know, that, ma- that make communities mm-hmm. good and being able to pay it forward like that is a such a worthwhile thing to do this time of year. Oh, I've just got the I've got the shivers from that. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's sweet. <laughs> so, yep. I love that one. Yes. And I know you ate something this week that you were really excited about, Dory. What's the best thing you had to eat this week? Yeah. So one of the foods that my husband and I miss most from Baltimore, besides crab and Old Bay on everything, (laughs) it's kind of a weird one. It's Peruvian chicken, which it's big. Oh, yeah. Like Nando's? Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, But we don't have a whole lot of that here, at least not fresh, right? 
but I was scrolling through our Instagram the other day, came across original Jay's Tex-Mex barbecue. And I saw that they're doing a sort of Peruvian chicken pop-up. Um, for everyone who doesn't know what Peruvian chicken really means, it's like rotisserie chicken on a spit over a fire. It's just so, it has so many good herbs and like a good smoky taste to it. It's just delicious. Got that. And it was so good. It took me right back to Baltimore. I know this is kind of like a pop-up thing they're doing, but I hope they keep doing it for my sake. I think they're doing it like Wednesdays through Sundays right now. So we are definitely planning on getting that again. It also came with steak fries, which I usually don't like, but these ones were really crunchy and really good. So those mm. are also good too. Highly I actually, recommend. I saw that Original Jays was doing that and our colleague, uh, Justina Coronel is uh, Peruvian. And so mm -hmm. I sent her a link to it. Oh, good. I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> she was so excited. She was super excited to try it too. I love that. Um, mine was actually, I'm, I had a lot of good stuff in this past week, um, but it, I have to go with the blueprint coffee that I got yesterday morning. I also got an egg biscuit Ooh. sandwich. Like that was fantastic. But um it was not cold brew weather. It's not cold brew weather right now. It's cold outside. Um, but I don't even care because if you want something tasty and delicious that really gets you going in the morning, their seasonal like cold brew stout, it's mixing their espresso with their nitro cold brew with beer gas, which results in like it tasting kind of like a stout, like it has this, it, the, I hate the word mouth. Like feels. an essence of. Yeah, yeah it, it goes down like a stout. Um, but then they add oat milk and then a seasonal syrup, which listen to this, it's chocolate, orange, and mint. Oh, and I it is that. so good. It is not overly sweet. And the mint is like an aftertaste. So I think they've discovered the way to give you good coffee breath. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's so tasty. I mean, it was freezing cold out and I still was like had hands around this ice cold cup and was just chugging it. It was delicious. So maybe grab that if you're heading down. I went to the one on Del Mar Loop. And if you are heading around this weekend to do some maybe holiday shopping, don't forget to support small businesses. But that could also include grabbing a good cup of coffee from a local coffee shop too. I recommend Blueprint. This weekend, though, we're talking about the first weekend of December, and it is all about getting out there, getting winter-fied, getting Christmas-fied, and being outside. Yes, so we've got Friday night, the Maplewood Christmas Tree Walk light version is going to be happening. So it's going from 4 to 8 in downtown Maplewood. It will be different this year. No big tree lighting ceremony, but the tree will be lit and decked out for the holidays. Also, we've already heard Santa cannot make it there, but there will be a mailbox for all those kiddos to drop their letters off in. Um Things that are staying the same, businesses, they will be open, welcoming you to show your support and buy small this year. I love that. And the Central West End window walk is also still continuing uh, in 2020. This will be the first one of the year. It's that old tradition of seeing festive decorated windows, supporting the small businesses and restaurants here in the neighborhood. I say here because that's my neighborhood. Uh, they will have ice carvings, carolers, live music. Um, I think carolers still sound beautiful wearing a mask, so don't let that deter you. Um, and the cool theme about this is it's a walking Christmas carol. It's like an immersive winter walk with 23 local artists, 20 different stops with a new spin on the whole Christmas carol traditional Dickens version. 
it's actually a lot of black artists that are part of this. And so, you know, it's, it's totally different and it'll be, uh, it, it will be something worth checking out in the central West end for sure. Um, it's also the same people who did the hand painted, hand painted arches in forest park this summer. And this is every Saturday in December, if you don't make it this weekend. Yep. And also this Saturday in Edwardsville, they're having their winter market. This is another great opportunity for people in the bi-state area to get out shop and support local. It's going from nine to noon, and this is an outdoor market. So make sure you dress appropriately. Um, they'll feature artists, baked goods, crafters, some locally grown items and unique boutique gifts. Um, and they also said that mask and social distancing guidelines will be enforced there. So that is Saturday from nine to noon in Edwardsville. Uh, it's going to be awesome. May Again, I say it all the time, but make sure you support local this holiday season. And it would be great to get your holiday shopping done early. I mean, yeah, I'm almost done. Lucky you. I feel like I'm like halfway, maybe. <laughs> I'll let you go get to that then. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Please be sure you subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a rating, a review, your take on a Christmas poem that you spin Abby and Dory into. We just want to hear from you guys. We uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, also on our Instagram, we're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. Be safe, be kind, and seize the plates. <laughs>